Hey everyone, welcome back to the Kaderna Podcast. I'm Brian Kaderna, and today I'll be talking with Dr. Lizette Warner, the CEO of Optimum Phobus. You may know Lizette from many of her TEDx talks in her new book, Power, Poise, and Presence, A New Approach to Authentic Leadership. She was previously a senior director of clinical science at Philips, focusing on MR therapy, or meditation and relaxation. Lizette holds a PhD in philosophy from the Mayo Clinic School of Medicine. In this episode, we discuss her approach to authentic leadership and how to harness the power of biomarkers. Think of these like tells in poker. They're those signals our body gives us when we're feeling a certain way. We just can't help acting out on it. Lizette identifies these biomarkers and then how to use them to tackle doubt and fear with what she calls an easy-to-create recipe. So whether you're looking to increase your performance as an athlete, as an executive or leader, as a salesperson, or whatever it may be where you just want to identify why you behave a certain way when the pressure's on, you're going to want to listen to today's episode. So without further ado, here is Dr. Lizette Warner. Is going to require work and time and sweat and toil. If money wasn't an issue, what would I be doing? Don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. Change is the only constant. What is a biomarker? We all know what biomarkers are. We've just maybe never referred to them as that. So, so your temperature, that's a biomarker. Your okay. blood pressure, it's a biomarker, right? If your blood pressure is above a certain range consistently, then that points to potential disease. So essentially it, that, that would be a biomarker. And most of the biomarkers that we're used to using and the ones that I use in my healthcare uh, background as an executive there was there, it's a one-way street, right? Once you take your temperature, that thermometer doesn't change your temperature. And so I use, I use the concept of biomarkers to key people into the biomarkers that we have in business, like in our daily lives, you, you show up and you head off to work and you're in the middle of a business deal and something, you know, your, your stomach's not necessarily rumbling, but there's sort of like the squeezy feeling that's a biomarker. Mm -hmm. And so I, I help people understand that, okay, contrary to, let's say the temperature or your blood pressure biomarker, where you're the, the reading isn't going to change your blood pressure the biomarkers that you you and I experience can actually go back and change uh, something within our, like we have control over it is what I try to teach my clients is that you have control over it. So it, it's kind of a two-way street. So in the, in the case of if you're in a business meeting and you notice your shoulders are tensing, many times we don't even notice that, right? Mm -hmm. But you can make that physical gesture of, ah, okay, noticing, releasing it. And it, it tends to then impact what's happening to you and how you're showing up. So I, that, that's essentially the, the gist of, of biomarkers, but there are tons of biomarkers that we just, sure we're, we're not aware of. Yeah. It seems like something that, you know, it's uh, maybe back in the day, you know, to steal that term, it's almost like, uh, you didn't really think of these things until you went to the doctor for your physical, 
But as right. you define what biomarkers actually are right now, what comes to mind is like the wearables and what this oh, yeah. huge craze that's happened over the past decade, um, where it's like you can kind of track a, a lot of these things instantly right on your iPhone. Um, is that some of what you do it, working with some of those newer technologies? Yeah, so that's a that's a great identification because those wearables, they they alert you. And I, I was in a meeting this past weekend where one of the ladies on the board had said that her husband had gotten her, you know, this smartwatch that would alert her when her blood pressure was rising. And she's noticed that it's it it's in conjunction when she starts to get stressed. And so it's a pinpoint for her of, okay, now I have to do the things to relax to, and and she's starting to be able to identify the occasions where her blood pressure goes up. If you start talking about calendar dates, she's like, my I've noticed my blood pressure goes up. And she didn't notice it until she had the wearable. But it it is, yeah, it's absolutely things like that. And I, I you know, with some of some of my clients, we do work with some of the wearables because we're we're not, we're not attuned to it. And so we need that alert. Yeah. I imagine that's got to be quite a shift from kind of just living your daily life as you always have to suddenly trying to take note of these biomarkers and mm -hmm. assign a value to it and kind of think about, all right, you know, I have a certain reading. What does that mean to me? Or what am I supposed to do? Um, yeah. And that that's one of the other questions I had is like, are there would you say like the most important biomarkers or like a, a top five that uh, you usually track for your, your patients or your clients? One of them is, and it's a great, it's a great, great question. And it's part of the reason why I ended up writing the book because the top three, one is around confidence. And I, I teach my clients, you know, how to, how to recognize when they are confident and when they're starting to, it, it's almost like you're driving down a road and you can go in two different directions. You know, it, when you're in a business meeting, when you're about to make a deal, there, there are two different directions that you can go in and listening and paying attention to some of the biomarkers that you have and identifying, okay, which are the confidence ones, which are the ones where I'm going to start waffling and how can I then use that information to then change course mm -hmm. if that's indeed what I want to do. So for example, I have some clients who want to go into a meeting. They want to show up confident, but they're doubting and questioning themselves the whole way. So I teach them how to how to identify what are their confidence biomarkers so they can show up that way. So that's one of them. The other one is is around poise because uh, and poise is that ability to stay calm and balanced when you're in the middle of uncertainty. You don't know, and that can that can throw people off. So that was another one. And another big one was around power. And what I mean by that is there there are a whole slew of people who feel like they are powerless and unable to affect 
you know, a situation or, or change someone's mind or direct the where the organization is going to go. And so I teach, again, the power biomarkers, how, how to step into your, your own power. And I teach also sort of tools around that as well. Okay. Those would be like my top three. And if I were to throw a fourth one in there, it might be like resilience. Okay. Okay. And I have a question on that because it, it seems like the ones that you pointed out, confidence, uh, power, uncertainty, and resilience, that those are certainly relatable aspects. Anybody going into a, a big meeting of any sort, you know, whether it's in sports or in, uh, you know, the business world or just interviewing for a new job, um, those are relatable. But the, one of the reasons why I was asking some of the most important biomarkers is just in preparation of this, when you Google biomarkers, one of the top uh, results was an article called the top 10 important biomarkers. And the way that they listed them, just to rattle off a couple, they said, number one is vitamin D. Um, number two, uh, CRP or C-reactive protein. Three was your hemoglobin A1C for insulin and, and five magnesium. So it seems like they're getting into, um, you know, some of, I'm not a, a medical professional, but some of like the kind of the vitamins and, uh, you know, things that, um, you know, we maybe take in our diet. How did those parlay into what you just described of more of the relatable aspect of conducting yourself within a meeting? Um, is that is one like the scientific definition of biomarkers and other like the actual outcome of what those biomarkers are producing? Well, so biomarkers can be radiologic. I mean, not to get too sciencey on it, but but they can be radiologic. They can be physiologic. They um, they can be sort of genetic markers. So they're within even the biomarker category. There are the FDA categorizes four four different classifications of them. And so the ones that I work more on are the physiologic ones. And so when I was talking about, you know, confidence, power, poise, uncertainty, those mm -hmm. were, were maybe the, the, the larger category of there may be many biomarkers associated with that, let's say confidence. Maybe you're standing tall. Maybe you remember a deal that you you closed and it went so well. And so you're you've got this feeling of elation, of teamwork, of a, a sense of completion. Maybe your heart rate's lowered, maybe you're breathing, you know, easily. And all of those things, I would classify as biomarkers. The, then mm -hmm. those all make up a trait, which I would then say, okay, that's confidence. And for you, for you, um, Brian, maybe confidence is closing that meeting, um, running the marathon, being outdoors. And for you, that the, all of those individual things that I just mentioned would be biomarkers and they would be your unique specific biomarkers that make up, let's say your confidence. And so I think that's the, that's maybe the difference is, is, you know, what you just mentioned on the top 10 biomarkers, yeah. there, there are four different types of them. Um, okay. and then, yeah, so, so hopefully that I hoping that that helps a little bit. It does. And, and that's what I wanted to kind of get into a little bit of that nuance. Like when you, uh, 
sit down with a client, you're sitting down with an executive that wants to, I guess, take closer note of what they're thinking, what's going on mentally, but also physically and how the two are mm-hmm. kind of working together. Um, do you have a, a protocol of, I guess that's what I'm getting at. Do you have kind of mm-hmm. five biomarkers per se um, that you want to track? Like at the outset, you alluded to your your heart rate, your breathing, your, your blood pressure. Um, are those the things that you kind of say to a client, let's track this throughout the day in a relaxing setting and then in a high intensity setting? Or how do you kind of go about, I guess, uh, generating that client's profile? Uh, yeah, I love that. I, I love that question. So what I've developed is, is uh, you could call it a checklist. I call it a recipe. I call okay. it a recipe for your confidence. And we also do, uh, it, and I'm picking on confidence here, but it can be anything, really anything else that, that the executive is wanting. Um, And so I pick on, let, let's just pick on that one. And I will take them through generating their recipe, their unique recipe for when they're feeling confident and when they're not, like when it's just all gone south, what's going on there. And so I'll ask them to think up a moment where things, and we go in both both places because it's it's critically important that you get the, the recipe right like when the recipe goes wrong and how, where, where's the step in the recipe where it all goes south for you? And also where is that home run recipe for you? And so I'll ask them on the without confidence side, you know, think about a time when you were without confidence, you just weren't showing up the way you wanted to. And either, you know, tell me the story or what what was going on there for you? What were you, what were the actions, the activities that you were doing? What were the words you were telling yourself? What were the emotions you were feeling? Where, where were you feeling that? And the where really, it's really amazing, can be anywhere. It doesn't have to necessarily be in your body, which is really kind of mm-hmm. the funny part. Um, what sort of motion is there? Is there a, a scent associated with it? Is there a word or a name you'd give that thing? And so that ends up being the recipe. Those those things that I just mentioned, that ends up being the recipe. And then we'll go to the confidence side of the table. And we'll I'll ask the same sort of thing. Share a time when you felt like you knocked it out of the park. You with you're showing up with the confidence that you want to. What are you doing there? And then I'll ask the same sorts of things. What, what are the words you're telling yourself? What are the sensations that you're having? What emotions pop up, if any? Where, where, if anywhere, are you feeling this sort of motion is going on? Mm-hmm. And w- it- what sort of name would you give this? And, and all of those things end up then being on their recipe. Gotcha. And so was that, I'm, I'm sure, you know, a lot of listeners will probably have to read some more detail in your book, but just to get an idea, almost, you know, some of the answers to the test here, um, what would be the action items from that? So if you sit down with someone and they're saying, you know, I was 
in this rut or I had a series of calls or meetings where I just wasn't myself and I couldn't react. I was lacking confidence. And then you take them to this other snapshot in time where they felt like they could walk on water and they were just on the go and, you know, doing the things that they needed to be, to be a good professional. Once you help them kind of look at that setting, like you said, which I get, it's kind of like, you know, what, what were you feeling? What were you thinking? Where were you Um, to try and see kind of what would cause the, the two different mindsets? What are then the action items with that? And like when you're speaking with them, does it deal with those biomarkers again, or are you getting more into mm-hmm. almost like a, a business coaching setting? I think that's what some people would want to know is where you draw that line and um, kind of where there's just general business advice versus almost scientific advice and how you weave the two together. Yeah, that's a great question. So I had, I'll, I'll give it the answer in terms of an example. So I had an executive sure. uh, CEO and they're going through a rough patch with the company and they're they're not just not showing up the way that they need to show up it's it's all it 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 all goes back to the biomarkers that we've been working on and noticing so some of the action items that'll come out of our sessions together would be they will then begin to notice when certain things that we've identified as their unique biomarkers start to pop up and just by noticing, okay, that's showing up and knowing, okay, what's on my confidence recipe card, again, picking on that one, but what's on my recipe card and bringing those things to mind can bring them out of that situation. And so that becomes a, a tangible activity for them. So before they walk into the meeting, they go through their recipe card, almost like a an athlete who's preparing for game day, right? They go, they're doing their mental checks over everything that they're about to go do. S- similar to how an airline pilot would go through their checklist just to make sure, okay, I've got everything, we're set, we're set to go. It, you do the same thing in terms of a business in- environment. So whether mm-hmm. you're an investor you're in marketing, you're an entrepreneur, you've got to have your checklist of things that you check off. And it's not just about what's about to happen in the meeting. It is also about how are you showing up that's going to make sure that that meeting goes the way that you've mapped out your agenda. And then how are you going to pivot in the middle of the meeting when the unthinkable happens or someone pops up a question that you weren't expecting. How are you going to handle that? And so by going yeah. and having this checklist and this recipe, then you can ensure that you show up the way that you need to in that at that yeah. moment. And, and I, I totally agree and understand that, you know, I what comes to mind is kind of visualizing the the end result that you want, whether it's, you know, <laughs> scoring that touchdown or, you know, closing a deal with a client or whatever it might be. And also all the possible objections or hurdles you might face in your contingency plans. Like you said, how you kind of pivot so that it continues to run smoothly and trying to kind of forecast all of that and live through it before you realize it. I'm a huge proponent of that. Um, But going back to the biomarkers, because that's really what I think is so unique here and something that um, I want to make sure we can capitalize on. Like you said at the outset, it's kind of a one-way street. You know, if you say, you know, what's your blood pressure? You get a reading. 
it's not like you can change it instantly on the spot. It just kind of tells you where you're at right here and now. So my question is, which of these um, are maybe fixable in the moment uh, and which are more going to require a long-term adaptation of of lifestyle or how you conduct business or whatever the case may be, Uh, you know, so that if you are in that moment and you kind of have one of these readings, if you will, from your, your wearable or just from your mental checklist, which ones can you say, okay, I know I need to address this and I can fix it in the next 10 seconds before I step into this meeting and which are ones that maybe are not today, but we can work on over the next year or whatever the case may be. Yeah, that's a great question because it all comes back to those, that change that we want to see and make manifest, but it takes it takes a time in order to get there. So it's walking each step. So it's taking the next step. So the entire, you can't flip your mindset necessarily in one go, especially if if you're really stuck in that. So that is more of a longer term issue. That's the longer journey, but you can in the moment. And I've had clients who for example, have had to walk in and give a pitch to a huge number of stakeholders. Didn't know them. It was a brand new, brand new area for them, but they knew, they knew their last, their last area. They knew the last company that they worked with and that was comfortable for them. So they had the skill. So I guess what I'm saying is that if it's, if it's already built up and you've demonstrated you've done it before, it's going to be easier for you to do it again. If it's a newer skill set, let's say you've been, I'm going to pick on confidence again. If you've been struggling with confidence your whole life, it's not necessarily flipping the switch right away. That's going to be a longer journey. But the journey is then composed of each of the small biomarkers. So going back to the example of the, the, person who's making the pitch, they've done this pitch before. It was in a totally different area and they were confident in that space. And for them, we, we identified when they were ready to do that pitch, they, they knew, they knew their customers. They knew the people there. They were in this mode of, Hey, I'm going to have a conversation with them. We're already really good friends and I know them. And so what worked for them, because they already had this built up skill set in the past, is pivoting it to the new space, which is walking in, recognizing that, okay, I don't know them, but I do. I already know them. I'm going to tell myself, we're already really good friends. I know them. And if I don't get it right, it's fine because we're already good friends. And that client of mine ended up again, going back to the sports metaphor, hit a home run with that, that pitch that they made because of, because of that. So I kind of answered your question in a roundabout way, but it's, it's taking the small steps with the biomarkers day by day, because I've had other clients who struggled with the, the, the larger trait they haven't demonstrated in the past. So if you haven't demonstrated in the past, then you'll just have to walk step by step of, okay, maybe it's, Noticing my shoulders get really tight and tense when I'm in a meeting. So maybe it's a 
it's an intentional, I'm going to rest and relax my shoulders when I notice they're tight. And maybe next time I'll notice that my shoulders are loosening and I'll take the next step and then the next step and then the next step. And then before you know it, you're out there giving the pitch to this group of people that you didn't know that a year earlier, you would have never in your life done. Yeah. And just to kind of stay on that point for a second, and and I get what you're saying. It seemed like in that case, you identified what that person was having a lack of confidence was this new audience that they're unfamiliar with, obviously very understandable. Um, So you were able to kind of get them to visualize and think of as if they were in that old setting surrounded by friends and people that they were very familiar with. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, just as you were saying that I almost remember back when we were kids and everybody had to get up and do some public speaking in front of the class and people would get yeah. so nervous and they're sweating and they're like shaking with the paper <laughs> in their hand and everything. And the teacher would be like, just imagine that all the classmates out in front of you are just dressed up as clowns and, and all you yeah. can see are all these goofy clowns and then just get up there and talk. And it was like, there was always some silly trick to kind of give the speaker, you know, some peace of mind and. Uh, so mm-hmm. that they could kind of go on with their uh-huh. presentation. Um, but what I wanted to ask is, like you referenced these quote unquote biomarkers, they almost sound like tells in poker, where I know you said a couple yeah. times, like your shoulders, you know, tighten up. Uh-huh. Aren't a lot of the, I'm sure some are unique, but it seems like a lot of them are the same for everybody. You know, we've been going back to confidence so far. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, if I have to go do that big presentation, I'm not feeling confident. Well, what are the symptoms? You know, I'm starting to sweat. My heart rate's going up. I feel a shortness of breath. My throat is getting tense. You know, I'm shaking a little bit. I'm talking faster than I normally do. Aren't aren't those just kind of normal things? Like, okay, it sounds like what you're saying is like, recognize that, that you're feeling that way and then try and put your mind elsewhere so you can make those feelings go away before you get up on the stage. Um, yeah. is that what I'm hearing here? Um, it's, it's partly, but not quite. Cause it's not just all about your mind. It is about your memories, which again are stored in your brain, but also tapping into your, your body, your sensations and making the whole neural connection there. And while many of the biomarkers may be the same from person to person, I have yet to have a recipe card that identifies that that's identical. So for, for someone, they may be standing, they may be um, sitting, bent over, the sensations or the sense and the smells are all different because we all have different experiences. Now we have the common experiences. So the common experiences, maybe that relates back to why some of those common tells like in poker. And I totally agree with the, the, I use sometimes the poker analogy as well, because poker readers, um, once you get really good at this, you can start to identify those tells, those bi- and I call them biomarkers, but those biomarkers in others. So I had a client who came in coughing, always um, coughing when they were very nervous. 
And actually, that's one of the things that we worked on because they're, they had to go talk to stakeholders and investors, and they couldn't be talking to stakeholders and investors when they were coughing. And so as I was, as we were talking, I'm noticing in my mind, biomarker, okay, what's that connected to? And so I start looking at it from that direction. Um, but that just to hit on what you were talking there with the, with the poker tells, but it, it isn't just, um, it, we all have some of the similar biomarkers, but they're not all the same for each of us. They're going to be different because each of us have had different experiences from the day you were born to where you are now. And that makes you who you are. And so sure. you, by virtue of that, have various different biomarkers associated with the, the different things that you that you do and how you show up. And can you share some examples? Uh, and I know I go back to the action items a lot because I think mm -hmm. those are some of the, the best takeaways from this show. Um, you know, if, if we go through this recipe card, you know, that, that you kind of bring up with a client and just to go back to that example, again, they're lacking confidence. Let's just use public speaking. They have to get up and give a huge presentation to their company. And so they're going to go do that and they notice they're getting nervous or whatever their tells are or biomarkers are, are you giving them, you know, kind of things to do? Like I look at just cause that's something I've done a lot of over my mm -hmm. career and I've heard everything from, you know, well, five minutes before you step on the stage, do a quick breathing exercise. I've heard, you know, do 10 pushups, get some adrenaline. I've heard, you know, just swallow a teaspoon of olive oil. I've, I've heard all these different things um, so that you kind of get up there and you're ready to go. Are those some of the things that you're coaching a client through? Or can you just give us a couple, you know, specific examples of what people can do to kind of yeah. fit what their recipe card says? Yeah. Um, it's funny. I was having this conversation with, with someone last week. So I'm, I'm smiling, although you, you can't, um, you wouldn't be able <laughs> to tell, but the, the, so I don't tell any of my clients to swallow a, a teaspoon of anything. <laughs> but but what we what we do work on is when you've given a presentation before and you've knocked it out of the park, what have you done? And almost invariably it's I'm having fun or I'm sharing something really important that they need to know. And so what it all sort of boils down to is not focusing so so much of what we've been dancing around here today is a lot of times we get in our own heads. We're thinking about how this is impacting me when instead, when you're giving a conversation or when you're giving a speech and you're about to step out there, what the construct goes to is that you're giving something that the people on the other end that you're about to speak to need to hear your message more than you do. So you need to show up to give that message. So how do you need to show up so that you're there and you're present for them, for, for the ones who need to hear that message that you're about to give? And that then points to, okay, how do I need to stand? How am I, how am I breathing? What am I thinking of? How, 
How am I staying engaged to make sure that I'm giving them the message that they need? So it's more, it's more of the recipe card because I, I don't give them a stand like this, a, um, think of this because my whole assertion is you need to stand like you. You need to think like you. You need to be you when you're on that stage, when you're on the podium, when you're at the lectern, you need to be exactly who you are because when you are, then you give the message that everyone needs to hear and is waiting to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. As you're saying that, it reminds me of that famous scene from Happy Gilmore of go to your happy place, go to your happy place. <laughs> and then that's how you, all right, now I'm there and I can sink this big putt. And so I know a lot of what we've discussed so far, it seems to kind of tie into performance, you know, what in whatever mm -hmm. facet of life that might be, how to kind of be your best self and, and perform when yeah. you need to. Now, the subtitle to your book is a new approach to authentic leadership. So mm -hmm. can you just speak to that a little bit of how people can track their biomarkers to help sharpen their leadership skills? Sure. Um, so once, once you identify all of the things that make you powerful, poised in the middle of uncertainty, uh, present and confident, even when you may not know the outcome, once you identify all of those things, it starts to hit on who are you when you're at your very best? Who is Brian Caderna when he is rocking and rolling and at your A game, when you bring your A game, who is that person? And what are you experiencing? What are you feeling? What are you doing? And most importantly, what are you, what are you not doing or what is not there? And what I teach people is to recognize that and to build on that because you want to show up like Every day when I'm on my A game, it's the best day of my life. And so I want to stay there. But I also want to be mindful of what are, what are my biomarkers that are taking me away from that? And most importantly, what are they telling me? So I'll give you an example because maybe that that's really helpful. When I am in the middle of doubt you see, doubt's not necessarily a bad thing. It tells us something. And when I'm doubting, I may go to the refrigerator and I open the refrigerator. I'm not hungry. I just go and I open the refrigerator and I look. And for some reason, like seeing organized food helps me. Well, before I realized that I would do this over and over again, I would go to the pantry, I'd open it up and I started tracking it. And so that's what I help my clients do is I help them track it kind of like the wearable because we don't have a wearable yet for how many times have you opened up the refrigerator? Um, mm -hmm. How many times have you opened up the, the pantry door? And I would eat something, now, not because I was hungry, but because there was something that I was trying to fill. And when I tracked it and I tracked it over time, I was able to figure out the whole reason that I was going to the refrigerator or the pantry was because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do next. And once I figured that out, then when I start to get the itch of going to the refrigerator, I can go, ah, I know what that is. I don't know what to do. Okay, stop. What do you know? What will help you 
make that next step. What? Let's start brainstorming. And so then instead of me going to the refrigerator, opening the refrigerator door, I'm now catching myself going, oh, thank you, doubt. You're letting me know that I don't know what to do next. Now I can take it from here. Thank you very much. Yeah. So it's kind of like a signal, like that the kind of comes yeah. to identify it and then you're able to kind of pivot yeah. and handle that, you know, in a different way. And yeah, I, I exactly. really like that example because I, th- I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially since COVID and working from home. It's like we have all these <laughs> quick fixes from looking at our phone to going to the refrigerator to, you know, we're up, we're sweeping the floor for the 10th time today. Um, yeah. Now, in, to that point, can you kind of go crazy tracking these things? Because I think that in today's day and age, there's so much information all around us. And with the rise of wearables and and some of the things that you've talked about today, it seems like we can find so many different things to focus on, to try and improve on, to try and perfect, um, that we can go crazy. So is it something that you try and take these clients through when they're in a rough patch or when they're doing really well to identify what those triggers are? Or is it just a continual daily thing of just kind of like a self-realization almost of like, where am I at right now and how am I doing? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a practice. I would call it, it's a practice of identifying, identifying those biomarkers and what they're telling you and being able to then. So for, for me, going back to that doubt example. So now I get really excited when I, um, when I feel that my typical doubt signals popping up, now I get really excited because now I know I'm on the verge of doing something big, like it's coming. Um, I just have to get past this, this little uncomfortable piece that I know what to do now. Um, so it's, it's a practice and it can, it's something that's yours. It's yours. It's unique. And you then sort of discover more and more about yourself and how you fit in the world. And what is, what is it that really makes you happy and can, you know, sort of go back to the happy Gilmore, you know, go to my happy place, but your happy place can expand and touch others and make the world a better place. And wouldn't that be a great thing? I think so. I think that without a doubt, we'd all agree on that. And a lot of this conversation of kind of, excuse me, the mental and the physical aspect of things makes me think of, you know, meditation, um, mm-hmm. which me personally, I, I don't meditate, I think in a, a formal sense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I do think maybe I am meditating, not even thinking about it when I'm working out or, you know, in other areas of life where I kind of disconnect. Um, what's your take on, on meditation? Is it something you use or is that a part of kind of this therapy that you're providing your clients? Yeah. Um, so I do meditate and I do pray. That's not necessarily what I, what I work with my clients on is, you know, meditating and and praying. It's more because I work with a lot of, of business clients. And so we typically go through, you know, I'll give them a recipe card. That's something that's, or a checklist, you know, that's, that's something that resonates with them. But on the, I mean, just to pull on the meditation thread, 
it's not necessarily that you take this recipe card and you meditate and you sort of get to your happy place. It's really about embodying what is on your recipe card. And if you want to call that meditation, fine, but it's, it's helping you get to that, get to that place and whatever, whatever vein that is, if it's prayer, if it's meditation, because on, in some cases, so I'll give you an example. When I, when I think about peace, um, peace is this, this big trait, kind of like confidence or, or power. When I think of peace and when I'm sort of jittery, my peace and the recipe card for me, the biomarkers look like this. It's smelling fresh cut grass. It is prayer. It is knowing that I'm in a bigger, in a bigger environment. Like there's things outside of me that I don't know and that I'm loved and that I'm whole. And that's my, that's kind of my recipe card. I also have sunlight. It's bright and it's shiny. But my recipe card for peace, now it might work for you, it might work for somebody else, but if somebody doesn't pray, if the prayer is not their thing, it might sour the recipe, like throwing in lemon juice um, into something that doesn't need to be spiced with um, lemon. So it, it has that, that bitter taste to it. Yeah. So that's why these, these cards are unique, but it can involve meditation. It can involve prayer. It can involve those things, but it's, it's not necessarily that. Got it. Okay. And one of the last questions I had here that I think can give us a different angle on the whole conversation of, you know, how to really capture the title of your book, Power, Poison, Presence, is an article, Glass Ceiling, a neurological look at why women climb the corporate ladder at a depressingly slower rate than men. Can you just speak to that a little bit? Uh, you know, I know there's so much right now about everything from diversity and inclusion to to women empowerment, um, obviously taking on more and more leadership roles by the day. But per this study or this poll, you know, at a slower rate, maybe than men still. Can you speak to that a little bit of why there's that uh, disparity? Yeah, that that is, it still persists. And there are pockets and areas where women women are advancing and and I have some clients who have an all woman board practically. Um, it's not the norm. So there is still that, um, there is still that struggle. And one of the, one of the studies that I cited when I was, when I was doing the research for the book was it came back to this study of medical residents. So these are people who have, you know, they've gone through 12 years of school, they've done their, they're bachelors, they've gone to medical school. So tr years and years and years of, of training and behind them and education. So the, the fellows were asked to conduct a cardiopulmonary and it was a simulation. So cardiopulmonary sim simulation, and this was a leadership study, but the participants didn't know that. And the teams were composed of, there were women-led single-gendered, mixed-gendered, male-led, single-gendered, mixed-gendered teams. And every time it was a woman-led 
team, there was more chaos in the room. And this wasn't just the leaders of the study. This was by her, by her peers. There was more chaos in the room, more, um, people didn't exactly know what to do, less clear instructions, you know, maybe because there was the, the chaos and the guidance wasn't there. So by her peers, she was deemed as already at that stage, not good leadership material because of the way that, that she managed the room. And when it was a male led team, regardless if it was single or, or mixed gendered, there wasn't that, that same identification. Why so, do you identify that? Like what was, yeah, what was the outcome of kind it, of that study, was, that finding? Yeah, it was, it was really interesting because that's what led me down the path of, I wonder if these whole biomarkers can help because in working with my clients, what I see is that it's not necessarily that men have confidence and women don't, they may show up with that, but they may not feel it inside. Whereas the typically my female clients may not show up with it, but they also don't feel it. So they're, they're putting out, they're exemplifying what they're feeling inside. Whereas the, the men may not do that, even though they may, they may feel it. So that's why I went to this biomarker side of the house, because my, my question that I really wanted to ask these members who were the fellows on the, in the study was what were you experiencing, you know, right before you walked into this or when you're in this to help, to see if that would help so that they would show up with the confidence to be able to manage that, that situation. And so that's what started, that's kind of what started this whole me down this whole path of helping people identify what are your biomarkers so that you can show up the way that you need to, not just mentally. So it's not just mental conjuring, it's physical and it's mental, it's, it's brain work, but it's also, it's also physical work and it's practice over time so that you do show up being able to manage in that sort of situation, regardless if you're in power or not, if you're in the middle of uncertainty, or if you feel like you're doubting yourself and just show up the way you're authentic best. So that was kind of what's kicked off my entire book writing journey. That's interesting. Yeah. And there's, there's so much here. I feel like that we could just continue to explore as we kind of dive into like why we feel the way we do and why we behave the way that we do. Um, and I think that's where people, it definitely can get a lot more out of your book, which again, I'll plug that real quick, power, poison, presence, a new approach to authentic leadership. Is there anything, uh, was that, that you think we, we didn't cover here that you'd really like for our listeners to take away? Yeah. If they haven't picked up by now, I'm, I'm hoping that they pick up that, that you don't have to wait for you to give the stellar speech the fantastic pitch or close that deal the way that you want to, in order to make that happen, you can start right where you are and experience that 
and walk in so that you change your outcome to be exactly what you envisioned. That's what I'm hoping that they they take away really from uh, from our whole conversation today. And, and, you know, if they like, you know, grab the book and yeah. go deeper on this. Definitely. Well, thanks so much for your time was that I think that's a, a good place to kind of put a bow on it. I know we went over a lot here and, and I think my biggest takeaway is starting to maybe uh, kind of focus, have some more awareness of, you know, when you're kind of on the hot seat and, and when sometimes you feel like things are just kind of all over the place. And then, like you said, find those triggers, those tells, those biomarkers. And I loved your example that you gave of like, you, you feel a little bit of doubt and then you find yourself standing in front of the fridge and yeah. just little things like that, finding those connections and being able to identify it and then just change that one little piece one at a time. And then I think you can become a better leader, or better professional or athlete or whatever the case may be. So yeah, thank definitely. you so much for coming on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yep. And everyone, today we had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Lizette Warner. Again, she has a new book about to come out, Power, Poise, and Presence, A New Approach to Authentic Leadership. So definitely go check that out. If you have any questions, have any suggestions for guests, again, you can always reach us at thecadernapodcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Take care. This podcast is intended for the general public and for informational purposes only. The show does not provide any recommendations or investment advice regarding any specific account type, service, strategy, or product, or to otherwise act in any fiduciary or other capacity. Please contact a financial professional for guidance and information that is specific to your situation. Brian Kaderna does not provide tax or legal advice. Please contact your accountant or legal advisor to discuss your situation. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Kaderna Financial Team, and opinions stated are their own. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. References to specific securities, asset classes, and financial markets are for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a solicitation, offer, or recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Brian Kaderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 300 Broadacres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003. Phone number 973-244-4420. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Kaderna Financial Team is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0K04194.